Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. Everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe, and I'm Stephen Marshall. And this week, um, you know, it's the last week before spoilers, which so, is crazy. Which is crazy because we're going right back into spoilers for Dragons of Tarkir. Admittedly, it's one of those weeks where it's kind of hard to find content, but uh, I think we've got some good stuff lined up here. Um, uh, okay, so just to kind of give you an idea, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the tournaments that went on over the weekend. Uh, but then, uh, for those of you who listen to our show every week, uh, you know that you know we we do we love talking about spoilers. Uh, we love predicting whether or not a card is going to get played in standard or played elsewhere. Um, and what I did uh, Monday when we were all snowed in over here in in Texas. Um, quarter those, of an inch. A quarter of an inch. Well, it was ice, though. Brutal. It, it was actually ice. It wasn't just like a quarter inch of snow. That's true. Um, but it was just ice on the roads. So, like, lots of stuff was closed down. And I was sitting around the house uh, catching up on Impact Wrestling and uh, decided to go through some of our show notes from the last year or so and pull up all these different predictions that we had. And then, you know, basically just trying to see just how wrong uh, we were. Um, so, so we're going to talk about that stuff and just kind of, kind of reflect on some of that because that'll be fun. Uh, first of all, a couple awesome things going on. Um, a couple announcements from wizards. One of those announcements is Tempest remastered. Listen to this. So uh, Tempest remastered is an online only set. Uh, the release date is May 6th, and the release events are going to be from May 6th until the 27th. Um, and uh, basically Wait, what – That concerns uh, me. Why does that concern you? Isn't that when Modern Masters 2015 is supposed to come out? Not for online. Okay. I, I, I th thought they were doing this like in lieu of Modern Masters being no, out. No, because Modern Masters comes out the end of May, remember, because we've got the uh, the GP is the 30th and 31st. Hmm. Of May, so what's probably going to happen is they're going to have this. They're going to have a couple weeks where they, I guess, they do a cube in between sets. Yeah. And then they'll probably do Modern Masters Online release. So this okay. is set to end right at the 27th of May, just in time for the paper release of Modern Masters too. Okay. So it's probably what's going to happen. Uh, this is probably just going to fill that gap. So what this set is is it's the Tempest block sets condensed, uh, essentially, into one big set. What they're doing is they're just making a, a more enjoyable limited environment uh, and just taking a lot of the chaff 
out of the set. Two hundred, just cutting it down to a two hundred and sixty-nine card set. Hundred and one commons, eighty commons, fifty-three rares, and fifteen mythic rares, and twenty basic lands from the Tempest Stronghold and Exodus sets. You ever do uh, any of those those retro drafts on Moto? I did one Tempest draft and got utterly destroyed. And I was like, why did I just waste my money on this? Actually, I think I did two and got utterly destroyed. It was really not smart. Yeah, I like this idea. I like this idea because whenever I do some of the like the really old sets, like some of the really old drafts, it's just like nine out of ten of these cards are just garbage. Yeah, like, yeah. So I think that's what they're doing. They're kind of like this would never happen. Like this is not the cards we would design with our current modern design philosophy. And but here's here's what we like here's what that set could have looked like if we like uh, just didn't print like trap cards like as like they like you know like if you look at like a limited set now there's very few cards that are just like absolutely unplayable and are actively bad for your deck to include other than like Tygon scheming or something like that they don't hey. like include trap cards anymore in, like that was modern sets good. <laughs> uh, I think they said they're not gonna make new art. But they're gonna like remaster it or something because it, the the art is the same, but it's going to be in the new card frames. Okay. Well, they have this like picture of the of it looks like bottle gnomes, the art for bottle gnomes, but like different, like all like three D rendered. Do you see oh, that like on the announcement? Weird. Yeah, you're right. Maybe that's just for like the artwork. Whatever. Uh, another cool thing, just a quick little thing, is that uh the packaging or rather the packs themselves for modern masters 2015 will be recyclable and i just think that's a cool little touch that they've done i like that a lot um it's a very seattle thing to do with them yeah very much so um lastly the dragons of tarkir pre-release is going to include i almost said the word enjoy but i can't imagine that's even possible with this <laughs> it's going to include a activity called Tarkir Dragon Fury, where you have a setup with these different things, and you basically roll your spin-down die like a bowling ball and try to knock these things down and get points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like gambling. Which it would be... Wizards of the Coast condones and promotes gambling. I think it's really dumb, um, but you do get promo cards for doing it. So I feel like it's one of those things where you're going to be like, all right, I guess we're going to do this thing. But it's like based on the score, too. Yeah, it is. It's based on score. They turned this into a Chuck E. Cheese's. You got to play skee-ball, turn in your tickets. Yes, you do. Get your promo card. Kind of ridiculous. But, uh... Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> sure. Some people have fun with that. It looks like a lot. It looks like it could be fun, but I'm no. You know. You know how we know that none that they have not come up with a good like pre-release side activity gimmick yet. Huh. Because like, it keeps changing. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, or maybe they're it? just trying to keep it fresh. I mean, like if it's they not did. Pure chance we're gonna come across a good idea once. If they, if I mean, if they think they nailed it with this, <laughs> and then this was the activity every couple months, that would just be the worst thing. I don't think that they intend to just keep the same thing every time. No, I know. You know, they keep it. They want to. They want to try to keep it fresh. I like the fact that they are doing different things um, and different incentives to 
play the side event kind of things and and and, and just trying try. to make something. They're trying. That's it's, right. You know, it's like when I cook for my girlfriend and it's like <laughs> inedible. But I'm trying. At least you tried. Yeah, it's a thought. Thank you, wizards. This is wonderful. <laughs> You shouldn't have. So, yes, a couple interesting things to look forward to and one maybe not so interesting thing, but at least they're trying. Uh, Now, let's get into standard. So, uh, GP Memphis happened this weekend, uh, and it was standard. And apparently, everybody's running around with an Abzan control list. So, even tell me about this. Yeah, so it's basically just Abzan midrange, except they pre-sideboarded out crappy mana dorks so they don't ever have to top deck them yeah and then they just main deck the end hostilities and then that frees up additional sideboard slots um and they run three elspeths so it's all the same stuff abzan charm although that gets used a lot more as a draw spell instead of as a um an actual like creature kill spell since you're running the end hostilities main deck yeah and you're running like three bile blight and a murderous cut and all that yeah and yeah, it just it just kind of plays a control role, draws a bunch of cards, eventually drops like a Tassiger or an Elspeth, or I don't know if any of them are running um, Ugin main deck. I saw a co- I looked at the list. Yeah, actually, least... Chris Finell is. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's running one Ugin uh, main deck, two in hostilities, and a Read the Bones main deck, and they're all running like two Tassigers, which yeah. Has been really good when I'm playing against it. I yeah, I, I even I, I thought that card was good, but I still underestimated how good it was. Yeah, I did not think it was good. So so there were five abs and control lists. So what won? The week one Sultai control deck. Oh really? Mm-hmm. From uh, Gerard Fabiano. No, he didn't win the the GP. Jack Fogel did. But it's... playing is it the same list or? I don't know if it's the same list, but it's very similar. The only yeah. creatures main deck are four Seder Wayfinders. And then the win conditions are all just, uh, you know, Planeswalkers like Kiora, Ashiok, Garak, Ugin, two Crux of Fate, and a whole boatload of removal and counter spells. And uh, Sultai Charm, which was doing some serious work. Hmm. Uh, especially in the finals, which actually, <laughs> it's crazy. There's five Abzan control decks in the top eight. None of them made the finals. Jeez. <laughs> Including uh, Brad Nelson was one of them, uh, as well as um, uh, Alec- Alex Magilton. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty stacked top eight. But in the finals, it was Ben Stark playing red-white aggro mm-hmm. versus Jack Fogle playing Sultai Control. And I-, I like Ben Stark's list, even though yeah. it seemed like everyone was gunning for red-white aggro this weekend. Since it was right. probably the most played deck, people were looking for ways to beat that deck. Uh, this is a little bit different of a take. Um, it the, seems very streamlined. Like yeah, the the previous red white aggro decks have been running main deck Stormbreath dragons and um, a couple of like Ash Cloud Phoenixes and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and one Soulfire Grandmaster, if that. Yeah. Uh, this is running for creatures for Seeker of the Way standard for Goblin Rabble Master that's standard, but four main deck Soulfire Grandmasters. Pretty sweet. Yeah, um, four Hordling Outburst, normal, uh, four Stoke the Flames, three Lightning Strike, one Valorous Dance, and four main deck Wild Slash. Which I'm sure makes Ryan very happy. Mm-hmm. And the card that makes you very happy. Oh, yeah. Uh, four main deck Outpost Siege. 
And four chain to the rocks. This is a cool deck. Yeah, I like it. I, I think the wild solid. slash. I mean, if you're gonna run the Soulfire Grandmaster, that's just like the cheapest thing you can possibly loop. Yeah. So that once yeah. five, you can start just taking over the game. Uh huh. And it really does help stabilize. Um, I, I love four outpost siege just because I, I love that card. It's it's going crazy. The the uh, I don't know. It's like what two or three bucks now. Probably, yeah. And the foil? The foil is like 15 <laughs> Yeah. I'm very, very happy I picked uh, picked mine up for two Yep. at the release. Nice, <laughs> the foils. Nice. Oh, awesome. That's great. Yeah, yeah. No. I got, I got, I've, I've, I've probably said this like 10 times already, and we're, this isn't the prediction part of the show, but, <laughs> you know, I got 10 of them for 50 cents. Right. Uh, anyway, anyway, in the finals... Um, Fogel is able to use those uh, Soltai charms to do the destroy enchantment part mm. to actually blow up the, the the outpost siege. So yeah, that was like kind of a blow up because that that card's like the probably the best card in the deck. Like it's like what you want a top deck if you're at like board parity. And he just had a main deck answer to it, which is the whole point of the card. <laughs> right. <laughs> that most yeah. people aren't running that. Uh, Jack Fogel's winning list. I really like it because it's it's basically kind of like a control deck that trumps other control decks because it gets to run all the, the counter spells and answer cards, but then it just gets to run early uh, threats like Ashiok, uh, and it gets to run main deck Thoughtseize, which is just a great and a control mirror. No, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I, I'd want to play, play either the Abzan deck, although the Abzan control deck just looks really good just because I don't like mana dorks. And it's yeah. just all the cool cards without the, the mana dorks, although it seems kind of weird to play a deck with Ugin in it and Elspeth and no ramp. <laughs> you just turn gonna, six. Yeah. You're just going to get there. Yeah. But you've got the cards to get you there. You know, I mean like siege rhino is a pretty big roadblock. Tassiger is a pretty big roadblock. Um, and hostilities is a great turn five, you know, um, I, I think it could work. I mean, obviously it's working. You got five decks in the top eight. Yeah, I, I like the Ben Stark list. It's one I'm going to uh, try playing. Um, I've actually put in a few. So <laughs> I guess I'll mention it now. Um, we got we got, we got got called out a little bit. On, Did we? Yeah, on the spike feed. Yeah, tell me about this. So they are, I guess, in love with the current standard format. Okay. Like, you know, it's a, it is incredibly diverse. Uh, GP Memphis notwithstanding. Um, where five out of eight decks were abs and control. And, they, you know, they just mentioned that, you know, they didn't know what we were talking about, where, you know, we had just a general apathy for standard recently. And I don't know, I don't know what your, your problem with standard is. Mine was just that I was having more success with modern and limited. I'm not so sure that it's an actual problem with standard. Like, I don't think anything needs to change in standard. It's not one of those situations. And there have been tons of situations in the past where I <laughs> felt like, card needed to be banned or something needed to like something needed to go or or something it's just they said we we're a bunch of low down avon skirmishers is that really their words or oh yeah ain't nothing lower than that no <laughs> i think i'm in the same boat as you where i just enjoy sealed and i enjoy modern more right now i i enjoy the decks I have to play in those formats right now, like sealed, mm -hmm. obviously whatever deck you, you build, but 
modern, I seem to, I enjoy playing Affinity way more than I enjoy playing any of the decks that I want to play in Standard. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that I don't enjoy the decks, because Mono Green Devotion, come on, that's like yeah. what I live for. But I think it's just that I don't like playing those decks against the other decks in the format. <laughs> I think it's not my deck, it's everyone else's deck that I don't like playing against. Yeah, I think it was just because I had the opportunity to string together like three weeks in a row where it was like there were PPTQs for standard or no, not standard, but sealed and then modern and then modern. So Uh I was kind of just able to successfully ignore standard. Right, right. Which I'm not going to be able to do for the next several weeks, especially leading into March with the SEG. Yeah. So I've I've in the last couple days. Uh, challenged myself to start, you know, getting back into standard, finding a deck I actually like, okay, getting up to speed to where I can have success and then actually enjoy the format because that's pretty much what's correlated with how much I enjoy formats is <laughs> how much success I, I have with them. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so there's a few decks I want to try out. Uh, top of the list would be Ben Stark's list with the four main deck Outpost Siege and four main deck Soulfire Grandmaster. That just seems sweet. Yeah. Um, I actually had a deck that was pretty much all in like that. And that was the that was the most recent version of Red White Aggro I had. I had four main deck Soulfire Grandmaster, four main deck Outpost Siege, uh, but I was also running like collateral damage and some other stuff. Like it was just all in. It was it was a, practically a burn deck. The other deck I want to try. Uh, he was having some success with it. He didn't make top eight, but Craig Wesco had a Naya Tokens deck. Yeah. Um, I want to try that with. Uh, it's still running Wingmate Rock. I'm not sure how much I love that. Um, over Whisperwood Elemental, I might want like a mix of them, and then like one quarter calling. <laughs> I know you want quarter calling. I yep. know. And then there are actually like a bunch of really cool deck lists in the Moto PTQ, which was just this past uh, Sunday. Yeah, lots of weird lists here. Oh yeah, and and it was won by Red White Aggro with four Dictate of Heliod main deck. That just seems weird. I love it. Yeah, why? I actually took this deck out for a spin, and I was a big fan. Why do you love that? Because when you're playing these red-white aggro decks, and, or, and it's like a mirror versus either another red-white aggro deck, because that's just just omnipresent on land, on, <laughs> online, on yeah. the interwebs, or versus Mardu or anything that could possibly run something where that you need to kill with like a lightning strike at instant speed. Mm-hmm. It's, you're kind of playing like the staring match, basically, where you'll have like a turn two, you have two untapped lands in play and you have like a Soulfire Grandmaster or, or, or Seeker of the Way that you could play, but instead you pass because they have two mana open and they're just going to lightning strike your Goblin Rabble Master and then they're going to play their Goblin Rabble Master and then they're going to get you, you know, and then you're behind. Right. So the deck, as as much as you can... You basically leave up open mana, or you just slam like a hordling outburst, and then they're just like, "Oh, well, I can't trade profitably with that." Mm-hmm. Um, so you you want to play at instant speed uh, for the first few turns of the game, unless they you know have to play multiple tap lands or something like that, and then you can like stick a threat right. where they have to spend their turn killing it, or you get to play another threat and they can't you know kill both of them. So you want to play at instant speed the first few turns of the game, and then. Until, you know, you play a staring match until you get to turn four, or turn five, where you can then play multiple spells in a turn. That's that's the turn where it's like, oh, they stick their siege rhino. 
um, because they've been holding up removal, like, you know, a hero's downfall or a bile blight to kill your rabble master if you play it on your turn. But then they're like, fine, turn four, siege rhino. And then you get to break parity by, you know, untapping or not even untapping. You just pass because <laughs> you just didn't play anything if you're smart and play uh, Chain to the Rocks and your own Goblin Rabble Master in the same turn, and then get in. Mm. Uh, so, you, you know, you're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth like that. And then eventually, <laughs> Dictate of Heliod is like the ultimate, like, you know, release valve for that, because you can just, like, end a turn, flash that in, and then that just shuts off a whole lot of stuff. It shuts off a lot of their burn, because uh, they can't Lightning Strike your Goblin Rabble Master. It shuts off Bile Blight for a lot of your bigger threats. Um, it just breaks things wide open. I, I actually took the deck for a spin versus uh, just in the two-man queues. Mm-hmm. And I played the mirror matches, but they were playing the old version. And it just felt like cheating with the <laughs> Dictate of Heliod. It was awesome. So I'm, I'm pretty psyched about that. <laughs> so you think you'll play that? <laughs> you know, unless I can get this Naya thing to work. Uh, right. there, there are a few other uh, lists um, in the PTQ, including uh, Naya, actually. So... It looks uh, almost exactly like the um, 75 that uh, Wesco was running, except it moved one of the Xenagos to the sideboard and added a couple of Arbor Colossuses. Actually, this is a little different, but the the main deck looks very similar to the Craig Wesco uh, Naya Tokens deck, and that got fourth place in the Staring PTQ. And then, let's see, there was also something else really weird. There's a red-white deck. Is red-white aggro with, uh, you know... All the standard stuff, one Monastery Mentor just for fun, two Brimaz, and then two Shaman of the Great Hunt, and what? no ways to activate him. No mana. It's still red-white, but just two Shaman of the Great Hunt. Don't know about that one. That's just a 4-2 haste for four? It's a 4-2 haste for four that like makes blocking your Hordling Outburst tokens miserable. Because what does it do again? I don't even remember. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. So the Shaman doesn't even have to get in. You can just cast him, and then, you know, your Goblin Rabble Master tokens swing in. And if they don't get blocked, they become two twos. And they just get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Huh. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's very good. No. <laughs> turn, I don't either. Turn four, I'd feel so, so, just so sad. Someone just wild slashes it when I could be playing like an, like an outpost siege. Yeah. The best card in standard. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's completely reasonable. It actually is more reasonable than it sounds. And there's there's one more deck that might uh, reignite the, the the spark for for standard. And um, actually, Brian David Marshall tweeted out that uh, was it Antonio De Rosa. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of him, but apparently he's won like four Grand Prix. Oh yeah, no, he's a big name. Yeah. Yeah. It's old school. Yeah, so he's playing like a, a side event that I guess he won with a blue black waste not dark deal deck. <laughs> which is pretty sweet. That yeah, you talked about that. That's awesome. Yeah, except this is a this is a better version. It doesn't run Monastery Siege, which is turns out is garbage. But yeah. it's yeah, it's four waste not, four dark deal, which is just the best two card combo just ever. Like I was testing it out online. Uh, like week one of standard, um, like, you know, my version, my crappy version of the deck. Mm-hmm. And just that was the best thing ever. Like, you know, with like <laughs> turn two dark deal, they're like, what's going on? And then turn three, I'm sorry, turn two waste, not the turn three dark deal. 
and there's like five triggers on the stack and they just concede on turn three. That's just the best. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, it also runs four Rakshasa Secret, four Gurmag Angler, three Tassigers, one Empty the Pits, which uh, I actually met a listener at a recent P- uh, PPTQ. And we were talking about this deck, or the, the earlier version of the deck I was talking about. Mm-hmm. And he suggested like an Empty the Pits, which was kind of interesting. Um, four Treasure Crews, three Thoughtseize, three Bile Blight, three Heroes Downfall, four Sign of Blood, and then a bunch of land. Uh, hmm. No sideboard was posted, but uh, at least when I was running the deck, you can essentially side out the, all the combo pieces in just make it a blue-black control deck, which just, just make your sideboard do that, and then I think you'll be fine. Is there any reason to not just be playing blue-black control instead of this? Uh, Fun. Okay. Troll? Troll points? Troll points, they, they do count for something. Not towards buys at future Grand Prix events, though. No, but, you know, get in their head. <laughs> I guess. Um, I'm proud of this. I'm not going to try. <laughs> no, I know. I know you're not going to try that. It has blue in it. Of course, you're not going to yeah. try it. <laughs> it has blue in it and doesn't play Jeskai Ascendancy. Um, no. Post Siege. For me, because you're right. Three weeks from now, we've got an SCG open. Mm-hmm. And if we don't give a crap about standard right now, we better start acting like we do because it's happening. You know, we're going, we're playing. It doesn't matter. So we're not going to try to do the old PPTQ that weekend snipe it. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I definitely want to, there, the, there's money on the line. Mm-hmm. We're going <laughs> right. Yeah. I want to go to a standard, like an open. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. We're going, there's money on the line. Let's go. And, uh, and like I said, worst case scenario, we crap out on standard, we get up bright and early, we go back and we play in the modern one. And there you go. And then we get to play the the format that we're that we're really enjoying right now. So it's I feel like overall the weekends win win uh, unless we don't win win at all. <laughs> but uh, unless we um, lose lose drop. Yes, right. Lose lose drop. Uh, so uh, for me, as much as I'm like looking at this Abzan control deck, going, oh, this is okay. I could probably run with this. I've got almost all these cards. Uh, I don't. This is not the kind of deck I can play. I'm gonna play Mono Green Devotion. Yeah, or green-black constellation. Which one should I play? Which one do you think I should play? Try the green-red one. I don't want to play green-red, though. But you can splash out post-siege. I don't want to play green-red. I want to play green-black, or I want to play mono-green. Which one should I play? Now, what about the mono-green devotion deck that splashes for teamer ascendancy? I've thought about that, too. I have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be a little too cute. It is. You know, I was listening to the uh, Next Level podcast. Yeah, and they actually discussed the Teamers in Top Level podcast. Top level. Yeah, it's Same. top level. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a mashup. I get it. And they were just talking about like so mono green already kind of trades consistency for explosiveness or potential explosiveness, and this mm-hmm. just goes like another step further down that path. W- what do you mean, like? Mono green trades consistency for explosiveness. Uh, well, that's just what happens when you run like twenty-two lands and like sixteen mana dorks. Yeah. You could get a hand with all mana dorks, and then you're like, oh. Or you can get a hand where you're, you know, tapping Nykthos and doing things that, you know, just feel illegal and standard. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so yeah, that's... it's not it's not consistent, but it's a lot more explosive. I mean, when mono green is doing its thing, like on turn four, turn five, it's just it's unstoppable. I'll tell you something right now. I am going to play mono green devotion at the SCG Open. You can borrow my Whisperwood Elementals. Cool. So I'm so going to do it. I'm, I'm making the call right now. I'm playing mono green devotion. That's happening. Start practicing. That's, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, we got. I got to figure out where to practice though. Okay, so. Uh, Another event, real quick, uh, GP Vancouver happened, and that was modern. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the finals was uh, twin Splinter Twin versus Affinity. Yep. Uh, and you, you looked into this. Uh, the top eight was uh, two Amulet Bloom, one Boggles. Boggles keeps showing up in these top eights. If you don't Why have, is like, that? If you don't have, a, like, a sideboard for it. Chalice for one. <laughs> Sure. It's like the best – it is the best sideboard option against that deck. Or you could just do stupid stuff like Abrupt Decay, their enchantment, after they try to put a uh... – oh, God, I don't even know what that card is. The white, white, it enchants an enchanted creature. Yeah. Gives it plus three, plus three, lifelink, vigilance, first strike. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you, like, if you Abrupt Decay, the enchantment that's already on the creature, then it falls off, so – Hmm. That happened. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the, the finals was kind of anticlimactic. Twin won again, and it got to cast a Shatterstorm. So. Ooh. That, like, that's one of those things that makes my stomach turn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, that's a legal card in modern. Why? <laughs> so, yeah, if, uh, if Twin keeps putting up these results, I mean, no choice but to ban. Ban everything. Ban everything. I don't know. I, I think they should have banned Splinter Twin two years ago. I hate the card. <laughs> I hate the card. I hate the deck. The deck always um, looks great. And whenever you're playing against it, you're always like just terrified. Yeah. No, I hate it. I hate it. I hate that deck. I hate a lot of decks. <laughs> <laughs> I hate a lot of things and people and decks and places and sports teams. Just full of hatred. So full of hatred. Now, there was one notable thing from the finals out of the sideboard of the Affinity player. Yes. Illness in the ranks. Illness in the ranks. That's awesome. Can't Splinter Twin. Yeah, and, I was, and at first I was thinking about that when you said that. I was like, well, it kills Pestermite, but like, what if they have the other one? But you're right. It just takes the power away. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes them zero infinite, Xs. Yeah, infinite zero threes. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. It is. It's very, very cool. I like it. Yeah, but you, you know, you, you said uh, they can probably just wind up bouncing it. Oh yeah, they could just cryptic command it away. I mean, and especially versus an aggressive deck, they side out a lot of the twins to begin with. Hmm. So I'm not even sure if it's that great of a plan. Right. I guess it's also good versus lingering souls decks. Yeah, sure is. Actually, no, it's not, because it, it like counters four cards in your entire deck. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's good against Lingering Souls tokens. It's not good against Lingering Souls decks, necessarily. Yeah, because people aren't actually <laughs> running like the tokens deck. Like, sure, if you see a Lingering Souls and a Bitter Blossom, then, you know, go to town. But hey, having them, I mean, if you've already got them in the sideboard against Twin, yeah, and you do well. see those things, you might as well throw them in. I'm glad to see Affinity making the final. That's good, and I like to see innovations in that regard uh illness in the ranks interesting not sure how how much better it is than sundial of the infinite but uh you know <laughs> a lot 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> just just let me let me continue to be wrong. Now, speaking of things that we were wrong about, we uh we we I pulled together this little list of uh all of our different predictions and uh just some things. I just want to kind of go over these real quick. Um we had a list here and and I don't have your answers to these. Mhm. Oh, you're going to have to trust me? I trust you. All right. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like, you know, one of the answers between hot or not is uh, how much I trust you. Mm. Um, and uh, we we had a list of things that we wanted to know if they would be in a top eight deck in standard. Mm-hmm. So the answer was no, sideboard only, or main deck. And this was this was Journey into Nyx. Well, we should during... we should repeat this next time. We should do this for the upcoming spoiler. What do you mean? Oh, one of these sort of lists? Yeah, but like actually write it like down. Yeah, 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 I agree. I, I like like once I actually went to put this stuff together, I was like, man, I wish we would have kept more of this stuff like written down because mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go back and listen to the whole episode to figure this out. No, um, that just takes too much time. Uh, so uh, let's see, day aside, I didn't actually answer because I made a joke. Uh, I wrote, okay, I'll day aside about these cards below. Um, Johnny's presence, yes. So there you go. That one, that one, that one was right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the blue white heroic deck. Now this was back journey into Nyx, uh, but whatever. We'll, we'll not worry about the time frame. Uh, Dawnbringer charioteers, no. Yeah, that's right. Godsend, yes, I said incorrect. Mm-hmm. Launch the fleet, yes, I said. I don't remember. I I want to say incorrect. Um, <laughs> that's it's it's been index like it got like twelfth of the pro tour, but not top eight. I don't think not it's top, top eight, eight. No. Uh, Nyx Fleece Ram, yes, sideboard. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's definitely right. That's been there. Teth Most High Priest. Oh, yeah. Man, I was so into this card. It's a like, cool when card. I'm looking at the, when I'm looking at these notes, I'm like, man, I'm just like so obsessed with Teth Most High Priest. And it hasn't – not only has it not made a top eight, it hasn't made – it hasn't seen like any play. You know, it's a shame. I, I think what you're doing is you're looking into the future several months out to see the meteoric rise of the tiny leaders format. Sure. No. No, this is no. That's what you're doing. That, that Favorite format. format. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mhm. Yeah. Cuz you know, it's a 3 drop and it returns two two drops or less to your, to the battlefield from your graveyard. That seems like a great thing to do if you want to waste your time. Battlefield thaumaturge, no. Dictative crucifix. Uh, yes, but only if there's a combo deck, and I guess the answer to that is no, nope. because there's <laughs> been a combo deck, and there has not been a Dictative Crucifix in it. Yeah, uh, people tried to excited... make, what was that, what was that card? Um, Nemesis, Nemesis Wave? What? What? <laughs> Villainous Wealth. Nemesis Wave? Villainous Wealth. Well, so what the hell is Nemesis Wave? Well, it's like Genesis Wave, but for your enemy. That's what people are calling it. I swear. I like, I like that. It's nice. Uh, Hypnotic Siren, no. Sage of Hours, no. Blood Craze Hoplite, yes. Yes. Wrong. You're like, oh yeah, easy, no problem. Uh huh, uh huh. No, apparently not. Uh, Brain Maggot, yes. Mm-hmm. Sure, fair enough. Doomwake Giant, no. no. Uh-huh. All right, all right. Uh, Extinguish All Hope, no. But I actually wrote, I want to say yes, but I know better than to say yes. Mm-hmm. Master Feasts, yes. Um, it won a states. I- it did. Okay, there you go. Uh, Silence of Believers, yes, and that's correct. Yep. Squel- Squelching Leeches, no. Uh, I imagine that's at least cracked something. 
Um, same deck as the Master Same deck, right, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say probably the same damn deck. Um, Tormented Thoughts, I said yes uh, with uh, Master of the Feast. More emphatic than that, but I don't think we can repeat what you said. No, I can't. Yeah, so I can't repeat that. But uh, I said most. Absolutely. Absolutely. Most likely sideboard, I said. I still like that. I still like that combo. I don't even remember what it does. So Tormented Thoughts is like uh, an additional cost to cast, sacrifice a creature, uh, target opponent discards cards equal to the sacrifice creature's power, I believe. That's horrible. That's not bad at all. So you've got Master of the Feast. You play Master of the Feast. They draw a card, and then they kill it. Oh, God, it's a sorcery. But then you untap, and then you attack with Master of the Feast, and then you Tormented Thoughts, and they discard their hand. You have to, like, you have to sacrifice a good – so to get a good effect, you have to sacrifice a good card. All you have to do – And it's Okay, listen. All you have to do is catch a bullet in your teeth – while you're jumping off of a building through a hoop of fire into a puddle of water. That's all you have to do. And then you get them to discard their entire hand. People, it's fantastic. Okay, people are barely playing with collateral damage. And that gives you a lightning bolt at instant speed. And you sacrifice any creature. doesn't matter what's happening to it. And you get the effect. This is three mana. And you get, and it's at sorcery speed, and it's variable based on the creature's power, so I don't know. Man, we're going to sound like idiots in like another few months about Dragons of Tarkir. This is going to be great. Yeah, it is. It's going to be great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, so what I think we do is I think we do this for, um, we do it for Dragons, and we do it for Magic Origins, mm-hmm. and then right before uh, the fall set, we review those two. Sounds good. That, that, so that, that gives us a clean break in terms of, like, the standard rotation um, instead of giving us all this leeway with, like, a whole extra standard to, to yeah. take credit for. So, yeah, so we, uh, no, no more of that. Um, so Dictator of the Twin Gods, um, not in the top eight deck, so, and I guess that's right. Uh, Idol of the Great Revel, yes, we got that right. Mogus' Warhound, a yes, that's wrong. I got played uh, once. Did it? Mm-hmm. Hmm, I don't know why. Mono Red that. Aggro. Huh, interesting. Uh, Prophetic's Flame Speaker, I wrote Mayhaps. That's a very <laughs> uh, bad answer, and it did not. Uh, Spite of Mogus, uh, Sideboard. What? No. no. Did anyone ever play that Sideboard? I don't know. Twin Flame, yes, wrong. Basara Tower Archer, yes, correct. Idol in the Blossoms, yes. Uh, Krufus' Insight, I wrote Make It Happen, because I figured Steven would want to play that. <laughs> um... I guess that didn't get played, though, even in the deck. Uh, Satassin Tactics, yes. Uh, Solidary Heroes, no. Strength from the Fallen, yes, wrong. Johnny, this is the Johnny that oh, yeah. that actually gets played, uh, no. And I was wrong, because it totally gets played. Uh, Nyx Weaver, yes, but I don't think that may have, that may be. I, no, I cracked the top eight. Uh, Underworld Coinsmith, no. Um, now, my gods, this is amazing how bad I was with these. Oh, yeah. Athreos, yes. Eroas, <laughs> yes. Kronos, yes. Krufix, no. And Farika, I don't know. The only one <laughs> For- that gets played. Farika's like the only one that got played. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so then uh, moving on to like uh, M15, um, we had uh, in- stuff about Insole Artifact. Uh, so 
in Soul Artifact, I think I think that the, um, the bold is what I said. The bold is yours. That's right, because yours were very snarky mm-hmm. uh, for the, for this particular uh, set of notes. Uh, the In Soul Artifact, uh, I wrote obviously powerful, uh, but what artifact does it go on? Uh, Ornithopter and Darksteel Citadel are my top two choices, but I just don't know if there are enough support cards to make this deck work. Now I was obviously talking about that in standard alone, um, and I'm currently running this card in the main deck of my modern deck. So, yeah, didn't see so that totally, totally cool. Um, and and those two cards are still the top two choices for that deck. Mm-hmm. So you know that was that was that's pretty cool. And then uh, yeah, I said the same thing basically. Well, you said the exact same thing. Yeah. Um, Stoke the Flames. Uh, not sure. Four damage and instant speed is good. Tapping creatures in red that you'd probably want to attack with seems kind of productive. Uh, I feel like I feel like this costs four, is what I said. So like if you're going to play it, you basically are going to be paying for it. Um, that's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you said this is good, especially post rotation. Uh, this would go in more in red aggro, looking for reach, which is exactly right. Yep. Uh, Genesis Hydra. I said love it. Uh, and uh, Cascaded Permanent is uncounterable. That's what Steven's note was, and uh, I love both of those things about the card. Yeah. And uh, obviously that was a good one. Oh, uh, I love this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> My notes for the Chain Veil. Three words. The real deal. <laughs> oh. I just still can't believe this card isn't being played, though. I can't believe it. I mean, you've got these decks running like eight main deck planeswalkers, ten main deck planeswalkers. Mm-hmm. I think this card is cool. I still, I'm still surprised this card is not seen play. Um, so yeah, so you said four mana and four it's, mana it's to activate, <laughs> huh? Uh, some other famous predictions you've made. What? 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 Oh, that was a, that was. I was, I was making a Dewey defeats Truman joke, you know. Oh. A really famous uh, newspaper headline. Oh, that's right. The election. one that he took a picture with. And he's holding it up. Truman's yeah. holding it. Yeah. After he won the election. Yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, yeah, this is not... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I said maybe in a very sarcastic voice. <laughs> right. Right. No, it's not. Um, Eidolon of the Great Revel. Awesome. Modern burn. Playable. And could be main deckable in standard depending on the metagame. That was obviously correct. Uh, Basara Tower Archer, uh, getting to a real hexproof deck. Now have one, two, and three drop. I think this is these are yours. This notes. is me, yeah. <laughs> this is yours. Uh, green, green for two, one with hexproof and reach. Uh, so yeah, obviously uh, those did, two did were right. Basara Tower Archer. Oh. I played it. Oh. Yeah, I know. I it got played in hexproof. Got played in Naya hexproof. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Eidolon of Blossoms, um, <laughs> Stephen writes, might be too costly, but we'll try to build the all-enchantment deck with Crewfix's Insight. I tried. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, Statesan Tactics will be great for green sideboards, says Stephen, and that was correct. Um, Johnny's Presence might see constructive play if a heroic deck starts contending. Boom. No Stradamus in the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tethmost High Priest is making me want to build White Weenie oh, yeah, Heroic. Yeah, you don't need to rehash Feels this. like one of the strongest cards for Constructed <laughs> in the entire set. Wow. I'm now, not... was that me? That was me. 
that was you. And then, and then listen. So these next two are just great. I, I don't know. I think those might be me. Okay. Because this sounds like me. Yeah. Johnny sucks. Athreos does not. Clearly, the best god of the fifteen. <laughs> of the fifteen Let's, of all of them. I'll give you. I will give you credit for that one if you want it. <laughs> Hold that radioactive. Uh, <laughs> That's unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so bad. I love – and I love Steven's uh, note here. I bought 75 Jeskai Ascendancies and a frowny face with like seven frowns on it. <laughs> and that wound up working out great. That was awesome. You. Yeah. Yeah. So then uh, – Steven tried to hold me accountable for this blunder. Uh, in the notes, he wrote, over under $55 for the promo Ugin. And he said, you said over, Joe. Over. <laughs> over. Huh. Yeah, okay. That was a clear. I don't, I don't remember that now. I was just now that wrong we... about all, all of the Ugin's fate like pack stuff. You're like, I'm not opening those things. Yeah, they're still sitting on my. They're sitting on my display uh, next to my um, Maloku the Clouded Mirror statue. Those might be Um, worth more opened. I don't even know. They could be. You're right. They might actually be. I don't know. I was looking at. uh, I forgot to mention it earlier, but there was a really cool sideboard card uh, in Ben Stark's deck list. I think he has three of them sideboard, and it's Mastery of the Unseen. Yes. The one in a white enchantment. (laughs) Right. For the control matchups, because you know. It just laughs at Ugin. I don't see how that's good, though. Oh, it's great. Because they have Perilous Vault. Some, some, a little bit, but not all the time. Yeah, I guess you're right. Oh, they have less Perilous Vault. They have the same amount of uh, Perilous Vaults as they do Ugin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. It. And they're moving away from Perilous Vault. But can't Ugin just take out the Mastery, though? Yeah, but but it's a two-drop, so you could you could have made like just a million of these things. It's also, it costs it's also not bad against Abzan control either. Oh, and, and the and Bioblight doesn't hit him. Nope. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So I was like, ooh, I wonder what the the, the Ugin's Fate uh, promo versions of these cost. $7. What? Versus $0.20 cents for the regular. What? That's amazing. I know. I, I hate Should I crack these things right now? I don't know. I mean, you got you got to move with the quickness to get them on TCG Player, though. I think they're easier to sell um, unopened, so probably not. No, I'm just wondering if I should crack them. <laughs> no, I'm not going to crack That would make them. for some great radio. I'm not cracking this fast. Open an Ugin on the air. I'm not going to do it. You've already tried to tempt me with this once. Oh, man. You will not tempt me, wizard. Fine. I, um, I threw away probably $50 easy pre-release weekend. Really? Oh, I just opened these up, and I was like, garbage. Ha! You just threw them out. Literally threw the cards in the garbage. Oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> They're all so expensive now. <laughs> it's just incredible. I can't believe it. Man. So I got that prediction wrong. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. Um. So uh, we ranked the dragons. Yep. These are yours. I didn't write mine down okay. for this. For so for these, these are the ranking the dragons. Uh, you ranked uh Silumgar, the Drifting Death. Number one. First, which uh, which seems right. Good in control. Can cast yep. Crooks of Fate. Yep, there you go. Uh, Dramoka the Eternal, number two. Mm-hmm. 
Colagon number three, uh, the green red dragon number four, which actually did make a list. It did. Yeah, I saw it in um, in a green red list. Um, I can't remember what deck. I actually think I... the deck might have been. Would you want to cast that over Hornet Queen? I don't know. The list actually, I think it was called Green Red Dragons. Because it had Storm Breath Dragon and this. Interesting. Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the Blue White Dragon last. Which, yeah. I think my I, comment for the, like the last two was just like, jeez. <laughs> like, These cost so much. Yeah. Why is it so expensive? But uh, um, it's pretty much dead on. I mean, basically I got the one that to get right that that's been played so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, the cons and clan leaders, Stephen, you ranked Tassiger number one. Boom. So there you go. It's the only thing uh, that pretty sure I did not. Because um, I think I think I might have ranked Alicia number one, mm. uh, which I still love that card, but uh, I did not think Tassiger was any good. Tassiger is so good. It must be. I, like... I was I was playing red white versus uh, I guess the Abzan control deck, and they had a Tassiger out and they they activated this, and it, I think I killed the Tass uh, the Tassiger in response because I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, and so the, the my two options then were the Tassiger that I just killed. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, because it was with the trigger on the stack. Oh <laughs> wow! Uh, or Siege Rhino. Yeah, and I was like, it was a real decision. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like... You just keep coming back and... Oh, it was horrible. Because if you didn't kill the Tassiger, what did you wind up taking? I think I gave him back the Tassiger. Yeah, because I'm thinking, like, Siege Rhino doesn't seem like a good option either. No, because I wanted to burn him out, and he had... He only had five lands in play, and that left him with, like, one card in his graveyard. Right. So to recast the Tassiger, he'd have to get rid of the Siege Rhino. Right. And then spend his entire turn to do that, and then hopefully I can burn. Like uh, that's in, in the the siege round would just stabilize him. But it was a real decision, which is just crazy yeah. for a four or five that can come down for one mana, mm-hmm. and then draw you cards. Yeah, hmm. he's so good. Must be Tasker must actually be good. He's fantastic. All right. Um, so then we ranked the sieges, uh, yeah. and you had outpost siege number Out- one. One. Uh, Monastery Siege number two, <laughs> Palace Siege number three, sure. Frontier Siege number four, unless, this is in quotes, or this is in parentheses, unless there is some super ramp deck, and this is like Awakening Zone, also I moved this up from last after reading about the interaction with Hornet Queen, and then five, Citadel Siege. Um, yeah, so Outpost Siege, sure, it's seeing some play. Some it's doing play. Good. It's doing good. It's it's seeing play. Four of in a Grand Prix Finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, <laughs> we and then I had Monastery Siege number one. We obviously got Monastery. We obviously that's, overvalued that's Monastery. No, Palace Siege. Siege is last, and Monastery Siege is second to last. Citadel Siege can't be worse than Palace or than Monastery Siege. So or it can't be better than. Yeah, it so it's like Palace Siege, Citadel Siege. Or uh, from worst to first, Palace Siege, Citadel Siege, Monastery Siege, and I would say Frontier Siege, Outpost Siege. Number one. Tied. Oh, please. 
tied. Tied. Frontiers, Frontier Siege number two for me. Outpost Siege number three. Citadel Siege number four. Palace Siege number five on my list from before. Um, Frontier Siege obviously is really good. I don't. It's not getting as much play now because I don't think the mono green deck's getting played that much right now, right? No. Why is that? Do you think that's because of the control decks that are popping up, or? I I think people are just super excited about casting Ugin, and they wanted to be the person to cast Ugin, and Frontier right. Siege helps you do that yeah. faster than well, that's anything. Yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, the other thing is that Hornet Queen is just gone. I don't know why. I guess people are running, I don't know, I guess if you're running your uh, Bile Blight's main deck and your End Hostilities main deck, then it's not nearly as scary as it used to be. Mm-hmm. So if people don't care about Hornet Queen, then there's no need to ramp into that either. Yeah. So I don't know. People people are just naturally uh, casting their their Ugins the clean way. I guess. And so the other thing is that well, I'm for gonna... five mana, you can just cast Whisperwood Elemental. Yeah. yeah. Or you can just cast them both in the same deck. Now I'm going to cast my Ugins like... Lance Armstrong would cancel. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna cast them at full power. Juice. Full power output. So it looks like we got some stuff right. We got some stuff horribly wrong. Athreos. I'd say that. Huh. Clearly the best god of the fifteen. Athreos clearly the best god. The chain veil is the real deal. I think <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's the name of this week's episode. Chain veil, the real deal. Chain veil, the real deal. <laughs> wow. I think I think this... you just got biased by all my uh, based god jokes. <laughs> right. Show notes with <laughs> No, really though, like Chainmail still to me seems like a cool card, and still seems like a card that if you're trying to get your planeswalkers to ultimate, it's a it's a good way to get them there. But, but no one's doing that. Nobody's nope. doing that. Literally, yeah, I saw I saw that. people when I was watching GP Memphis coverage. They're casting Ugans all day. I still haven't seen one ultimated. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we got some stuff wrong. We got some stuff right. I love those sort of exercises, though. I love making bold predictions so that you can go back and see how wrong you are later or how right you are. And most of the time, people don't remember how when you get something wrong. They only remember when you get something right, yeah. which is which is convenient for us because we get a lot of stuff yeah. wrong. I will say that on the Spike Feed podcast, I called Grey Merchant of Asphodel being like one of the most oppressive cards in standard. Like I said that flat out. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. I said that. They've got the they've got the evidence. Mm-hmm. And I liked playing that standard. I, I like the standard. I do. I, we were just we just kind of got sidetracked from it. Yeah, the standard is too skill intensive. I don't like it. Yeah, you actually have to play. You have to actually ha- like know what your your opponent's doing, and like <laughs> play around their plans and sideboard well. And I can't just pick up a deck and just destroy people, which is uh, you know, it's frustrating. You can actually put in the work. Yeah, <laughs> but we're gonna have to anyway. So yeah, we are. We are. And I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm going for it. I'm going for mono green. I'm doing it. I'm gonna join the masses with red white. Sounds good. Uh, so, so next week uh, will be the start of spoiler season. Um, March second is the beginning of spoiler season for Dragons of Tarkir. 
so we'll have spoilers for the next couple weeks until they spoil the full spoiler. We're going to be recording on Wednesday nights to try to keep the podcast as current with the spoilers as Spoiled the format will allow. as possible. Yeah, so, you know, obviously I need to edit the show and post the show. So we can't do it on Thursday night because it, it posts on Friday. So we're going to do it Wednesday night. We'll have three days of spoiler talk. And uh, in addition to that, uh, we're going to be joined for that talk by Eric Freytag, uh, the uh, founder of Pukatrade.com. It's a website that I've been really interested in getting involved with, but it's I've been kind of, I've had reservations. So uh, we're going to talk to him. He's going to tell us all about Pukatrade. Um, they've got something really cool in the works um, that'll be live by the time. Um, by the time we, we, we post and um, yeah, and, and we're going to talk and figure out what Puka trade is and how it works. We're going to get all of that information uh, to the listeners and uh, it'll be really cool. And then he's going to talk to us about spoilers. So it'll be a lot of fun. So yeah. So looking forward to that. And uh, until next time we are Yo MTG taps. Stop bitching. Start brewing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't come up with anything else to say. No. I was going to say start predicting, but then that just sounds stupid in my head. Yo MTG Taps is available every bloody Friday forever on legitmtg.com, iwantmymtg.com, mtgcast.com, and iTunes. Email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at yomtgtaps. Follow me on Twitter, at omgwtfbhjftw. Follow Steven on Twitter at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>